right, Chuck. We're live. We're live. Let's Thank go. you guys for showing up this evening. <laughs> this has been uh, long in the making. If you guys were at the show in August, give it a round of applause. <laughs> so I was fortunate enough to interview uh, Miss Marianne Gilmartin, who's the head of MAG Partners. And we did an interview here about two buildings down. And at the end of the show, she said, Aaron, I want you to do a show here live, six live shows here. And I said, you're, you're joking. And she's like, I'll pay for the booze and the spot. I'm like, sold. <laughs> um, so literally, this has been going on since August and making this happen in December. So we are finally here. I'm looking around, and I see all the people I love, I appreciate, people who I respect, people who are great creatives, doctors, lawyers, nurses, but it's, just, it's a beautiful thing to see everybody here. So I'll give you guys a round of applause for coming out tonight. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to people tonight from United Way. United Way is one of my biggest sponsors. Give them a shout out. Um, I saw some people that they read, the, they read, they read the book, well, not read the book, but they read the information. They brought books and toys for the kids for United Way for on the holiday. So thank you guys for bringing whoever brought those for your kids for Christmas time or Hanukkah or wherever it may be. Thank you so much for bringing them because that's really important. They're one of our important sponsors. And if you guys want to do something cool for Service Day for MLK, we'll be doing something United Way MLK or Service Day. So uh, please let me know. A couple more, couple more housekeeping things real quick before, because Ashley was like, <laughs> Ashley Cotton was like, you guys said it before. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble over there. She's, she was snuck over here. She's not looking up. <laughs> Ashley's not here. Ashley's in New York. So I got to make sure I say a couple quick things. Uh, I know you guys heard, if you were on the news, that the Ravens are going to be down here. They're going to have a little office down here. So it's pretty cool. They're going to have a complex here. Ben and Jerry's going to be down here. A black-owned female uh, lobster lobster shop is going to be down here, which is really cool. Um, hopefully another, another uh, business owner who's here might be down here also. I'm not going to say who she is, but uh, I hope she makes it down here. Um, she's in the room right now. And also, just, you know, Peggy Cole's coming also. So if everybody knows Slutty Vegan, she'll be here. So I guess, so I'm just gonna give you guys a 411 what's going on down here. Everybody else like it's a ghost city. It takes time to build things. Um, I don't know if you remember when Harbor East started. There was nothing there. And Harbor East took a while to build up. And if you knew what Harbor East looked before, you'd be like, yeah, you understand. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't what you think it is right now. So uh, again, Roller Wave, I'm happy you're here, sir. I'm glad we're gonna make this happen. So we did all the crazy. We got all the, all the legal stuff out the way. Of course, of course, of course. Stuff out the way. So, Thanks for hanging out with me tonight, brother. Of course, of course, brother. I mean, we're here, New York. You finally came to, to take the train from New York. <laughs> Literally got off the train from New York, got yeah, down just, here. Just now, man. Which is crazy. Yeah. But um, we have a mutual colleague. Yeah. Uh, weird story how this happens. We decided to do an interview with Rollerwave. And Alex, who's another owner back there, he um, he's like, I got to have you meet one of my partners. So I'm like, all right, man, like, whatever. I'm just down here to talk to y'all. And like, get the vibe of how you guys are feeling. I haven't seen this guy in 20 years in college, so that's, that's how you my age. So literally 20 years ago, that's the last time I seen that other partner, Khalid, who is also another partner of Rollerwave. And so it was meant to be to interview these guys, and it was great just to be a part of this situation and having the first show here with you brothers. So thank you so much. Of course, man. Appreciate you. Hey, somebody give me a sweat towel back there. I'm a little sweaty. <laughs> Y'all know how I sweat. Y'all know how I sweat. I sweat like a preacher on Sunday. You know how it is. So, um, so let's talk about you. Like, give people a little bit of background about who you are, 
and like just the rollaway bounce and how you got to it? So basically, basically, <coughs> I'm from Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, they they they, they, they gonna say it down here. They gonna say I know not out here, man. <laughs> but it's it's funny though because I have parents and um my dad is family. He's from um Bowie, Maryland. So Prince George's. Yeah, so I used to come out here when I was a kid too. Like I spent a lot of my summers out in Maryland, Baltimore, and stuff like that. And would you? Did you ever think you would come back to Baltimore, or something like this? Definitely not. I mean, when we came, it was just um, my mom, my dad. They shipped us off with our aunts out here in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because my cousins, like, we would just go out and like just play stupid games in the street and like just making a random stuff because it was nothing to do out here in Baltimore for us at that time, especially coming from Brooklyn, New York. Like, you know, we had the stores, we had Empire Skating Rink, we had this like right around the corner from us, but coming in here, like we really had to be creative. Um, and I think I actually spent some of my best summers here and like we did North Carolina some years and then Baltimore some years. But Baltimore's was so much fun. Yeah, so I grew up in Baltimore, and I mm. remember we used to go to Shake and Bake a lot. Okay. On Pennsylvania Avenue. And then we got a little bit bougie and went to Towson. But I always remember my roots of, like, I always remember my roots of, like, of Shake and Bake and how I was back in the day. And then yeah. going to Towson, I, I always remember literally my last time skating was I was, like, in a race. Mm-hmm. And I was in first place. And I hit that corner. <laughs> I bust my ass and was like lost, and I was like, okay. I'm, not, "I'm not skating no more." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> isn't it kind of like you remember all the horror stories? Yeah, and I broke my arm too, so I remember that too. So I, that's why I haven't skated yet since. Okay, but y'all, I'm gonna watch y'all skate tonight. I'm good. Oh, I yeah, want you from the sideline tonight. I didn't bring my I didn't bring my elbow pads and stuff tonight. <laughs> but um, so tell us a little bit about you though. Like, I mean. You're from, you're from, you live yeah, in Brooklyn. I'm, I mean, I'm, did you, were you always a skater growing up? I mean, tell us a little bit about you. I wasn't really a skater growing up, um, but I grew up in Crown Heights and literally right around the corner from where I grew up was Empire Roller Skating Rink. Um, as a kid, we rode bikes. We went to the roller skating rink. They actually had a bowling alley around the rink, around the way too, that we went to. Um, but Empire was something that, we did in school so it was after school activity summer camp we would go there and i just remember that just kind of being like for me because i was always a shy kid so where i met like the girl that i really like in class i see at empire roller skating rink so i'm like i'm gonna learn how to roller skate backwards now (laughs) just so she thinks i'm cool you know so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's cheesy, but you know that's the eighty. That's eighties, right? That's eighties, right? Eighty early. Nah, was that, 80s? That, that was like early, like two thousand. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. early two thousand. Um, probably nineties, like late nineties, early two thousand, around that time. Okay, okay. Um, but that was this thing. I remember like Peaches and Cream was out by one twelve. Oh, oh, yeah. That was yeah. a jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you know when they, yeah it's yeah it's a great song when it <laughs> <laughs> but as a kid when they tell you you know go outside we need the couples only we out there <laughs> you know what I'm talking about but I just feel like those times that kind of like really brought me out of my shell too and like brought me to more creativity um really understanding myself because i was just really quiet like i really don't like talking to people too much but 
in group settings and community, that's when I kind of like shine a little bit more because then, you know, I want to be great. I want other people to be great too. And I think with Empire Roller Skating Rink, teaching people how to skate now, like I learned something, I'll teach you. Somebody learned something, they teach me. And that was just the thing at that time. And then also when I became a teenager, Empire Roller Skating Rink for me was um, where we partied at because 13, 14 year olds, we didn't have anywhere to party. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like you, didn't, you didn't have a mall to go to. That was, we didn't have yeah, a mall, yeah. you know. So I remember my mom dropping me off my little brother and saying, watch your little brother. And that was just my thing until I got to high school. Now it's like, I don't need my little brother no more. Mom, I'm going outside. This is where I'm at. All of my friends from school is here. And, you know, it just really, like, got me out of my shell more, you know. I love that. I love that. So... What was one of your like first gig like jobs like you know, at like like got older like because I know roller skating came back. Mm -hmm. You were doing something before that, correct? Yeah. So actually, so like you said, um, your colleague in college, Khalid, I was working with him. Um, I was doing tour management, so he would go out on the road with the band, and actually one of the band members was my cousin Telly from Ninja Sonic. You know how Khalid is. He, he wants to just, like, spearhead everything. He don't want to move around too much. And then the guys are really crazy. Um, but for me, I was, like, 21, 22 years old. So I just loved the life. Like, I'm, like, free ticket to go to Spain and to watch the band and get him into, you know, a bar or whatever and then working out the numbers. He was just, like, kind of, like, coaching me through all of that stuff. And that was my thing for a while. Yo, I mean, Khalid and Kyle was that business dude. <laughs> he was always about the numbers. So, I, like, I know how he rolls. So yeah. I wish he was here at night, but uh, definitely hit me up early. Yeah. Oh, Lord. He coming up here? Because uh, we he can tell some college stories about me, so we ain't going to – we're going to speed this up real quick. We're going to speed this up real quick. But, uh, no, no, he's a really sharp brother. And um, yep. I'm, I'm, if you worked with him, I already know what time it was. Yeah, definitely. Also, too, working with him, like, I was just studying him. And also, I just looked like he put a lot – on to himself as well at that time. And um, I don't know. I was kind of admired by that. Like, the things he would do as a manager, I'm like, this is what it, you have to go through. And he was just, like, that kind of guy. And I'm like, damn, I kind of want to do this. But for me, I'm 22 years old. I'm like, I can do that plus do this. He was with Lil Wayne for a while, right? He was with Lil Wayne for a while. Yeah, a lot of big artists. So we was definitely around those circuits, like, going on tour and stuff like that. So like I said, I knew I followed from afar, but I knew it was like he's doing some big things. Yeah. So when I saw him here, I'm like, what are you doing in Baltimore? <laughs> he's like, what are you? He's like, I said, you know what he said, exact words. Alex can tell you. He said, if I know of you here, it's gonna be something lit. So I said, yeah. we're gonna make something happen. Correct. That's exactly what he said. And if you look around right now, we got a great, beautiful, diverse crowd here. Correct. I'm happy that everybody's here to enjoy themselves, and listen to the story. So, how did you find come back to roller skating? Like, how, I mean, because it was a vibe. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was, I found myself stuck. On TikTok during the <laughs> during, during during COVID, like watching the roller skating out on West Coast, and I, there's a brother that's from Prince George's County that wears these Maryland skates, and he's in LA, and he's like one of the dopest skaters, and like I was literally stuck watching him on TikTok every week because you know, they would go to different skate parks in LA. You know, everybody's outside out there. Well, then over there, COVID was like whatever. When was that though, Aaron? It was one of those beaches out there. I, and I, I'll, Venice, Venice Beach, Beach pre I'm pretty sure. And they had like but when, what year was that? 2019, 20, around that okay. time period. And this guy was big in skating. I was just watching during the pandemic, like, damn, I want to pick some skates up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I was like, I'm too old for that. I can't do that no more. 
Um, it's crazy. Um, so basically, what brought me to roller skating, I would say, after we did our tour management stuff, um, the band kind of disassembled, and it was time for me to find other things to do. I dropped out of college, so it was just like, what do I do now? Do I go back to school and figure that out? I think at that point, I think it was around like 2014, I was just kind of, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had nothing. I'm like, damn, I live like a great life. You know, I have my own apartment, two cars at 20 years old. You know, we having all these thoughts about what we're going to do and it's going to continue, but not having those degrees and different things like that kind of like put me into a dark place. I just went through depression. Um, and with the depression, I kind of became an avid trainer. Like I was training myself. I ran marathons um, in the gym every day. Then I started working in the gym as a martial arts teacher, started training other folks as at the time. Um, it was great, um, but I was still depressed at the time, you know, like, and at that point, I didn't know how depressed I really was. It wasn't until 2015, my mom, she took me to one of her um, co-workers' company parties. And I know every year she did a, a huge event. So she'll rent out the penthouse at the W Hotel, all kind of extravaganzas, open bar, you know, fun stuff. I came from the promoting life, so that was, that's funny. <laughs> You know, um, but this year she was like, "We're going. We're doing. A, I'm doing a roller skating party." I'm like, "Roller skating? Who the hell do that anymore?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, I didn't do roller skating since I was a kid." Um, and I thought that was like a past thing, especially in New York. Like, we don't have any local roller skating rinks. So after Empire closed their doors April 21st, 2007, I just thought it was just like over with, and like. That's just what we did as kids. So moving forward, I went to this um, party with her. They're Russians. She rented out the bar. So it was open bar. What was it? Uh, Stochi? What is it? What's the Russian drink? <laughs> the, the Stoli. Yeah, Stoli. So it was all Stoli. We drinking, drinking. Everybody getting lit at the spot. Nobody. Yeah, it's like straight vodka. These are Russian. <laughs> A long night, but a fun night. They're not a, they're not a party, though, definitely. Um, I was having a great time, but I noticed nobody went to the roller skating rink. Everybody drinking slowly. Everybody tipsy. But I'm like, you did this whole roller skating event for your birthday, and nobody goes to the rink? So me and my mom, I'm like, Mom, I want to get on the skates. I haven't skated since I was a kid. She used to skate. So we went out there. And the DJ was playing house music. She loves house music. I love house music. I went out there. We was just like, I didn't know how to skate, but it's like muscle memory, like how we um, ride our bikes. Like, I was still skating, but I'm like, nah, when I was a kid, I knew how to go backwards. I knew how to jump in the air. I didn't know how to do any of those things. But I was really trying. But then I'm also drunk off the stoli. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I was really having a good time, though. But, it, but And it was also just me and her and then the house music DJ. So it was just like a bonding time with mom, myself, having a good time. From that day, I'm like, 
And also, too, we was in Prospect Park. I didn't even know they had a skating rink in there. Yeah, yeah it was super nice, man. Um, so every day after that, like I told you, I worked in the gym. Before I went to work, I went to that skate park, and I was, like, practicing. I just wanted to push myself off the wall and go backwards again. Because now I'm like, I got to get those grooves back. I got to, you know, I got to get back into myself. Um and I started doing that every day. Um, started practicing, like skating, you know, doing my little spins and just like really getting into the music because I do love music as well. As far as like me being a tour manager, like on tour, I used to like play old school barbecue music and everybody be like, they used to call me Studio 50H, which this book is crazy, Studio 54 right here. But everybody called me Studio 50H because they like, why are you playing disco music, bro? Like, and I'm like, this is what I love. It's the essence. But the roller skating was fitness because then it's cardio. Because remember, I told you I was running, too. It was cardio for me. And then um, the music, it was great because then I get to hear what I want. So now I'm, like, doing the best of everything I love. And then I remember in 2015... I used to go to this skating rink every day, and that was really saving me through my depression. Um, I was really starting to feel whole again, just even just being there, just practicing, or just being one with myself. It was kind of like a meditation for me as well. So that meditation kind of was just like bringing like life back to me. Um, I didn't care to go out. I didn't care to do anything nobody else wanted to do. I was like, I found something that I'm creative at, that I like. Um, and then I started going to these, like, parties on Friday nights, which were dope. It was cool. Top 40, and then I was like, I can do it better, you know? And then I think that's when the rollaway started. The rollaway started. <laughs> I, love, I, I love that. I love that. I really yeah. do. I really, and... I really appreciate you opening up about that. I mean, a lot of people can't talk about depression and whatnot, and that's really a stigma, you know, especially mm -hmm. the black community for males to talk about things of that nature. So thank you for talking about that. It's really important. Yeah, of course, man. Um, yeah, I think growing up, we, especially as a black male, too, being from the community, from the hood, like, we're just taught to be tough. Um, and whatever you're going through, Stick up and just poke your chest out and get through it. But it's like I needed to talk to people, too, at that time. Um, I needed to talk to myself. I needed to really, like, figure out. And, like, I think with the roller skating, too, I was able to open up and be a little bit more vulnerable, too, because um, I was doing something that was, like, super weird, goofy a little bit. So it's just like, I'm doing that already. I might, <laughs> let's go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to be even more vulnerable and, like, really opening up because, you know, growing up, I don't know, I felt like I was, like, the man, golden goose, being on tour at 20 years old, cars, my own apartment in the Lower East Side. I thought I was a man. And nobody know, knew, and I didn't even know, you know, what was really affecting me at that time. But, um... Now I think even when I went through the depression, I didn't even know I was depressed until I found roller skating and um, was able to even open up to myself because then that is hard too because sometimes we'll just be blindly 
you know, going crazy, you know, drinking ourselves to death, um, doing drugs or whatever it may be, but not really getting down to the root of the problem. Um, and I think that was one thing I was really doing, like just being blinded. I remember friends telling me too, like, this is not the same Harry to the same H I know. And I was really trying to still be that same person for everybody, you know. But um, I just went through a different time. It was a dark time, but it was also a great time, too, because it kind of led me down a path to, like, really figure out myself, you know, um, more lightness, start being more creative and roll away, you know. Let's, let, let's talk about roll away. How, yeah. how, did, how did it launch off? What happened? Tell us how, how it all happened. Oh, okay. So, um, all right. So, I was going to these parties every Friday night at Prospect Park. It was top 40 every Friday. I just remember going to these parties. I went every Friday for years, probably for like a year or so. Not for years. Bugging. Um, I was having a good time. The music wasn't all that, but I still grew to it. I didn't mind. But I remember, too, I was just kind of one of the only African-Americans that was at this um, party. And the host of the party, I noticed a friend came up to me and told me, like, you don't notice that she's acknowledging everybody else in this room, but you come every Friday. Have you ever said hi to her? Has she ever come up to you? I didn't, I was like, no. At that point, I didn't really care, but she kind of opened my eyes. And then the same woman, I followed her to Coney Island. She did like a pop-up in Coney Island. I went, and it was me and another African-American brother that used to frequent her events on Fridays. We both went, and it was like a capacity problem on the, on the floor, so we couldn't skate. But me and his brother, we like, we come every Friday, like, and she just kind of disregarded us a little bit too and like told us we have to wait or and I'm like we came all the way to Coney Island to come skate to this yeah you know this far um so then it really started sticking in my head too like what my friend was telling me and then after that I'm like you know what this music is boring anyway (laughs) (laughs) the vibe over here is boring you know, everything was just like trash. So I'm like, she really don't know who I am. I can do this better, you know. And I started really like seeking and searching into like more like roller skating activities that was going on in the city. And I found the underground roller skating gym. So it was a Salvation Army makeshift gym, makeshift church. It was weird. But they were skating there. And it was like the demographic was around like 40 to like 70 year olds in there. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was cool. And it was African American in there too, you know? Um, even though if it was only 10 of them going on a Friday night, that's what they were doing. So I don't know if you guys know about the Central Park Rollers Disco Skaters, but they've been skating there for decades though. But like, those are my people now though, you know? But it was really them and like a short crew. So I'm like, all right, I used to be a promoter. I used to be a tour manager. Started putting all my um, wits together. And what I did was I started my first party at that space. I asked the owner, I'm like, yo, dude, can I like do something here? And he was like, cool, I'll give you a night. He gave me a Friday night, the first night. And I remember I just went to all my friends, just 
reached out to all my resources, anybody I knew in the um, promoter business, DJs, everybody, everybody that's cool kids in the Lower East Side, Soho, reached out to everybody. I'm doing a roller skating party. I need you guys there. And, you know, just for the love, I guess, of me, because I've always been, like, you know, a cool dude hanging around the city and, like, just doing my thing. Everybody, I guess, loved me. <laughs> <laughs> I had a line around the corner, so 300 people, mixed, diverse, Caucasian, Asian, African-American, Latin, everybody came over and, like, they came to this gym. And then from there, we started doing bi-weekly parties at the gym every other week. And um, we had a crowd of, like, 200 people. And then I remember, like, the Daily News came to shoot it. It was just, like, a big thing in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. So I basically turned whatever they had into something more for the community. Because, you know, at that time, too, Bed-Stuy is now diverse. Of course. <laughs> All right. I, I was trying to use the right no, words. No, no, because I, no, because I, re <laughs> I remember going. No, I, I remember going to Best Eye, and it was like ride or die Best Eye, and it was like it was not. You couldn't That's walk through. You couldn't walk through Best Eye. It, yeah, it's I, 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 I had cousins who lived there, and it was like, yeah, I'm not really trying to roll down there. It was. It was different. No, Aaron, you're definitely right I'm about that. I'm being real. That's what it is. Now you being yeah, real. It's, it's totally different. Prospect yeah. Park. Oh, it's totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, some parts. <laughs> some parts. <laughs> no, but, but it yeah, was it was definitely it like that. It yeah. wasn't. But yeah. I I came from the world of like understanding different worlds. Like I said, I hung out on Low East Side. I hung out in Soho. So I hung out with punk kids, disco kids, all these different crowds, you know. So when I did my first events, it was diverse. So now you have the Caucasian kids seeing that there's a line. They're seeing their people on the line. Then you have the Asians. They see their people on the line. African-Americans, they see their people on the line. So now everybody feels comfortable because you can imagine if you go to a, if you like just walk and buy a party and you just see all African-Americans as a Caucasian or a Latino, I'm going to be like, all right, that's an African-American thing. But just to see all these different walks of life going there, that's what happened at this um, Salvation Army. And then I remember from there, it was just diverse every week. And that's how we had like the New York Times come in because somebody that might live around the corner could be a journalist for them. And then they came and did this write-up. And it was just a lot of that going on bi-weekly. And then at one point, I just got into like this whole business mode because when I first did my business deal with the um, manager, he was giving me $5 a ticket. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. How much was the ticket? A t he was selling tickets for 20 bucks. But okay, yeah, okay. he right. was he was like doing videos. He's taking <laughs> pictures. He was like creating his own vibe. And I'm like, damn, I'm the one bringing the people. Right, right, right. You know, vibe, he was man. just, he wasn't really still in a vibe. The vibe was always me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I just thought what was going on, though, like I wasn't thinking about business, though, at that time. I was really thinking about the community and how I felt what roller skating did for me and brought me through my dark times. What is it going to do for these people that's coming in? So I didn't really pay attention for a long time, you know? So I, I remember reading that you guys 
sold out outside of uh, Barclays. You guys were the hottest spot outside of Barclays. Tell us about Barclays. I mean, that's a hot area. I love the area. And But to sell out, that's pretty <laughs> dope in that area, though. Yeah, Barclays, was, it was amazing, man. Um, so I just remember the opening night, just having that, like, the community, they look at me as a staple because during the pandemic, I've done free events. Like, I always go back to, like, just doing free stuff and really paying attention to the community and the needs and not really thinking about myself, which can be bad sometimes. But um, I, I built, like, this, like, strong community. So when the Barclays happened, you know, I worked with Alex Scott, with um, Jennifer Scott, Khalid, you know, they invested into that project. Um, now it's like the community is like, Harry has a whole venue. It's 24,000 square feet. And I remember the first night, people were having like roll away pre-parties. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they, they was just really coming out to support me and like what I was doing for the past couple of years beforehand because, you know, I was making it accessible for people to skate accessible for people to build communities and things like that and then that night the line was literally wrapped around the corner like double time and it was crazy because i was working all day like we were still like preparing the space the day of and nothing was done and i'm the type of person like i want to stay until it's done because i want this to look great like i'm thinking 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 as i go through the, all of the steps and um, when I I left the, the venue, I went back home. My family was at the house. We all, like, just chilling. I'm taking a shower now, getting, like, fresh, fly, like, just go out. I go back to the space. The line is crazy. All my people outside and um, the security guards like, Harry, do not go to that door. Because they were, <laughs> they were bone rushing the door, like, and it was like one of my friends, her name is Robin. She's like 85 years old. <laughs> nah, and she's like, she loves skating. Like she's a, she's a diehard and she's a diehard rollaway fan. But she was like screaming at the, the security guard, like, I know Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and it was crazy because all I'm thinking about, he told me not to come to the door and I came by for a second. I seen her and I kind of like woke back in a little bit. I shouldn't have did that, you know? Um, that night too, a lot of people didn't get in. Like a lot of the people that were having parties beforehand didn't get in. Cause it started becoming something else. Like Fabio Foreign and all of these like artists started, hip -hop, hip -hop yeah. The okay. hip hop scene came in. It was the biggest thing in town, you know? But also it was just like a homecoming for like what we do for our community. Um, the roller wave and like just showing like all the support we can get and will get from doing something great, you know. So, how did you end up in Baltimore? Like, like how did let, let's 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 get to here? How did we get here? So we ended up in Baltimore because um, basically we were working with the project managers over in um, Atlantic's terminal, Barclay Center. So the same liaison. She works for the um, team out here in Baltimore with the Baltimore MAG team. Is that Crystal? Is that Chris? Yes, Crystal, that is yeah. Crystal. Crystal okay. is like my girl, man. Like, um, she just 
seeing the, what we what what happened with that space. So what Crystal seen at Atlantic Terminal, I think what she had in her mind is we just gonna come in and have some speakers, have a couple of skates, and do a little bit of party. But with my grand idea, I'm like, no, we finally get in a space. Alex got <laughs> he come he came in bringing the money and. You know, things, I'm like, this is what I want. We need the arcade center. We need the VIP. We need the bar. We need the stage. Like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And I don't think at that time she think she thought that we were going to do it to that level, you know. Um, also, too, like with the opening event, um, we had, like, the mayor come in, um, the senator, all of these different political figures at the space. And I remember the owners of that particular space, they were just saying that um, we haven't seen anything like this since the Barclays Center. Like, this is huge. But they didn't know, like, kind of the power that I have in, you know, Brooklyn, New York, and the people that's, like, really backing me down. So she's seen that, and then she's like, it's got to be great for what we do over here in Baltimore, too. Like, because she just know that we're the type of people, we're the guys that uh, and women that are going to come out and do it the, to the best that we could. You know, whether we go to Baltimore, whether we go to Kansas, Atlanta, anywhere, like what we're going to do is put our best foot forward and like really try to make it work the best that we could. You know, and like I think she's seen that it was a team of us, too, like. Khalid, Al, Jen, and stuff like that. Like, these guys are really, like, trying, you know, with whatever they have. It could be pennies, and they're going to turn it into, you know, nickels. Well, it was funny because when we were laying out the six shows, they were like, what do you want to do with the six shows? It's whatever you want. We're not going to push anything on you. And they're like, we have this roller wave coming down here. <laughs> and I'm looking at the whole Mag Partners crew. Like, it's like six of them at the table, and I'm looking yeah. at them like, all right, are you pushing this on me or, or what? <laughs> and they're like, all right, Aaron, we want this to drop in November. I'm like, no, we're not doing it in November. Like, we literally signed a deal in, like, like literally October. And they were like, let's do November. I'm like, nah. Then somebody else like, let's do 200 people. I'm like, nah, 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 we can't do 200 people. We got to get this right first. Yep. And then I looked you guys up, and then when I found out that you guys were, like, black-owned and you guys are doing things, I was like, yeah, I, I need to celebrate that. Um, yeah. There's no way, there's no any of bust about it. That's how, that's how I am. However I roll, I try to support, and I see young brothers doing what they're doing out here. I'm going to support you day in, day out, regardless what you're doing. And you're doing a spot where people can go and feel safe. Yep. Um, you don't understand how that really, I don't go out at night like I used to. I, even though you might see me on IG going out, I find the camera person, <laughs> and then I find the camera person, and then I roll out. Y'all don't realize I don't stay all night. Unless it's with, unless it's with my library crew, but we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> but, but, um, but no, but all jokes aside, when they talked about you guys, I was like, all right, well, you know, my videographer and I, we came down here, and we walked the site. We're like, all right, let's check it out. And I was like, do I really want to do this? Because I was like, because you know, you're like, you know, like, I can get any guests I want. Yeah. And I'm like, I can, but, I can, but I'm like, but I was like, let me just feel the vibe. And as soon as Khalid came in, I was like, oh, that, that was, that was, Ice that was, that's still the deal right there. I was like, yeah. Done, done. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we kicked it off with you. Uh, I wanted this to be a special moment because we're doing six shows. Uh, this is the first one. The second one is going to be Equitech Tuesday, Black Tech CEOs. And that's going to be in a bigger building. 
and that's going to be February. Then we're doing three black female chefs in March. Mm. You might want to be at that one. That's going to be a dope one, too. So, and then we have a real big one in June that I can't tell you about. You might have to get a background check to get to go to that one. <laughs> Just saying, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Who's, that's all I'm going to say. But we wanted to have you here kicking this event off. I know people are really ready to go skating. Some people brought their own skates. I saw they brought their own skates. I mean, they roll, roll and bounce and whatnot. But what do, what do people expect to go down there when they go down there? What's going to be the vibe? The DJ going to be playing when they get down there? Are we, are we, what's the vibe going What's the vibe everybody's going to feel when they go down there? I was just saying, just nostalgia, just going back into that time capsule of when you really felt joy, you know? When you really listened to that music that your mom played on a Sunday and you was cleaning up, cleaning the house, that type of vibe where everybody, the family, we cooking, we doing everything. It's soul food, you know? Thanksgiving. Yeah, I used to have to vacuum. <laughs> you, know, you remember you had to put the potpourri on the floor and like, you, had to, like you know what I'm talking about. You know, Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all act like y'all act like I don't And we had to bust the studs. We weren't no dishwasher. We were, we were the original dishwasher. So I get what you're talking about. Like, I actually, I play all these but goodies in my car all the time. Like, I don't really listen to too much new stuff because I just can't deal. Yo, but Aaron, you know how your mom made it fun for you? Yeah. She made cleaning fun. I mean, I'm not. No? <laughs> really? My mom did? <laughs> uh, my mom made cleaning fun. Like, we used to sit in the disco tracks. We had the tambourines. We cleaned it. <laughs> I don't know about my fun. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, girl. It was like, if you want to go outside, you better clean. So that was me. So, yeah. so you had to give and take everything. Yeah. But um, I, I want to wrap this up in a beautiful bow because I know people want to go skating. Yeah. Uh, we got my DJ, Beezy, back there. Beezy, he said he's going to play some, wants to hear some house music. Play some house music for us. You going to play a little house for us? We're about to play in a minute. We're about to get ready. Get ready. And I know you guys had a huge event. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong. It was a Taylor Swift event you guys a couple weeks ago. It was like a whole bunch of yelling kids. I was I saw it on Instagram and I was like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So I mean, so they are doing like community events. Is it WTMD? Is it who? It, okay, so I, see, I, I, I did my homework. Right? I did my yep. homework. WTMD, right? Yep. And uh, they came in. It was a Taylor Swift thing, and there was a lot of people down there. It was sold out. So they had a lot of people coming down to, I call this Sim City, it's, uh, it's down here, but uh, I know a lot of people, it is like Sim City, it's like, it, it feels like Sim City if you know, but cause you're like, what's, you build your own city down here. It's, it's pretty dope though. I mean, when you walked in this room, you're like, where am I right now? Like, I heard probably about 15 people say tonight, am I in Baltimore City right now? Mm. And it was like a moment where you had to sit back. I remember when I first did tour up here, I was like, where am I? <laughs> like, and like, I was like, I don't, hear sirens, I don't hear anything. Like, this is like peaceful. Like, like it was a like peace of mind, like for a second. I was like, I feel like I wanna move over here now. <laughs> but uh, but I'm glad you guys are here. And we got, we're doing this ceremonial toast um, at the end. Um, shout out to Lobos again. Lobos 1707, LeBron's tequila. They shout are actually sponsoring all the shows this year. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, and Union Brewery, Union Brewery also, shout out Union Brewery, local brewery, also King Collective. My guy back there from the Bloom, shout out to one of the best bars in Baltimore, Bloom, if you go, best bar, one of the best bar, he is the best bartender in Baltimore, go check it out. Go check it out, and thank you guys for coming, we're gonna do a little toast to the first night of us doing a live show here, and uh, I will have my camera watching y'all skate and fall, I'm gonna watch it. This is me on bloopers, okay, but now all serious Thank you everybody for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere. It's a Friday. I normally don't do my shows on Friday nights because I don't want to fight Friday night lights. I like to do them on Thursday nights. 
when you're like, ah, it's a break up the week. I can do something, you know? But Friday is a tough night, so thank you guys for being here. This sold out literally in five hours. I didn't even put it out on the market. That's, a, that, imagine, imagine. So, cheers. Oh, we got to cheers. Let's go. Thank you guys for coming out. Jeez. Yeah. Never seen so